Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. You're listening to the first in our brand new series called Whisper. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, enjoy. 5 verse 25. And it says this so simply. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I want to call this message this morning the power of a prompt. The power of a prompt of a prompt. Hey, can we put our hands together for the worship team, to the Lord? Thank you guys so much. And you guys can take a seat. So happy to be here this morning. Can you guys, one more time, make some noise. If you're happy to be in the house this morning. So awesome, so awesome to our church online family. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us as well. Um, Super excited this morning. My name's Harrison. Uh, I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time here, uh, like our MC said, hey, we're so glad you guys could be here. You took the time to join us uh, again, whether you're here or online. So uh, for those of you guys who are new to our church, for those who uh, have been around for a long time, uh, you'll know that uh, Christy, my wife, and I, we have um, twin baby girls, and uh, they're 10 months old, and so they're getting really big, and uh, they're starting to crawl now, and so that means they're hitting their heads all the time, uh, and they've always got bruises, and even there was blood this week for the first time. Uh, super sad, but uh, it's a stage of growth, right? Like, they're, they're starting to, to do stuff, and so uh, anyone that's parents will probably tell you one of the things that you're kind of excited about, one of the things you look forward to the most um, is when your kids kind of say those first words, when they speak for the first time. And so um, our girls, they're not quite there yet, um, but the girls do say, Dada. Now, they're not referring to me, per se, um, but I take whatever I can get, and so uh, whenever they say it, I just answer, even if I'm three rooms away and they're not actually talking to me. Uh, But one thing that Christy has always been really good at, uh, like like from the time the babies are really young, is that Christy has always spoken to them. Like, so our office in our house um, is in our basement of the house we're only in for a few more weeks because we're moving to St. Albert. Come on, somebody. What a time to be alive. Um, But I'm in that office downstairs a lot working on stuff, and so I can always hear Christy upstairs. And, like, when the babies uh, were, like, three months old, four months old, I can hear her upstairs, and she's having full-on conversations with them um, as if they understand what she's saying. And now for me, um, I have a difficult time talking to them if I don't think they understand me. And so especially when they were little, I would just kiss them and I would pinch them and I would bite their little cheeks and I didn't really talk to them much. And so one thing Christy would always say to me, she was like, hey, you need to talk to them more. Now I'm going to be honest. A lot of times when I would be sitting in my basement or in the other room as Christy is having these full-on conversations with these babies, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, these, they don't understand what you're saying. Just say, hello, I love you, whatever. But she's having the full-on conversations. And for me, like, again, I'm just not much. But uh, that was until recently I learned um, how languages, and specifically how we as people learn languages. I, I, I've understood how it actually works. Um, and so what I found out that was the way in which we as people learn languages is actually through sound. And I know a lot of you guys are like, yeah, it's common sense. What kind of a education do you have? Um, <laughs> but listen, what I always assumed, because I knew that you needed to hear in order <laughs> to learn, but what I always thought when it came to language was that you didn't start saying anything until you understood what you were saying. 
but it's actually quite the opposite. For us as people, we will understand something far before we'll ever actually say something. And so one of the things that people will say is the most beneficial thing you can do for a baby is to talk to the babies because they can learn sounds. And the more they learn sounds, the more their brains will be able to actually develop that speech is through hearing. But here's the thing I want us to understand, and it's very important as we go this morning. The reason that I didn't speak to the babies is because I didn't think it was making a difference. And so because I didn't think it was making a difference, I wasn't saying anything. This is really important because this morning, and we're so glad you guys could be here, we're beginning a brand new series here in church called Whisper. It's called Whisper. And the whole point of this series is we are talking all about prayer. It's all about prayer. Most specifically, how do I hear the voice of God? Because if you guys were here a few weeks ago, you will know that our vision for this next year, our vision as a church is so simple. It's just speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. And it's this idea that God actually speaks. The God of the universe actually speaks. And so I need to learn how to listen. And so what I want to do in this series over the next number of weeks is I want to teach us, but more so not even teach, I want to show us how we can begin to hear the voice of God, how we can take prayer to the next level. Because I'm not sure about you guys, but I talk to so many people, and when it comes to prayer, prayer is something that's difficult. It's something that a lot of people have struggles with. It's like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I'm not even sure where to begin. One of the questions people ask me is like, I want to pray, but what do I say? But what do I say? And it's funny because I think one of the reasons that so many of us struggle with prayer, and this may sound harsh, but I truly believe that one of the reasons that people don't pray, that we don't pray, that we don't take the time to enhance our prayer life is because we don't actually think prayer makes a difference. Now, for a lot of us, especially those of us who've been in church for a long time, it's like, pastor, hold on for a second. Like, I believe in the power of prayer. I'm just busy. I just, I have things to do. It's not that I don't believe. I, no, 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 no. I just, I don't know how. I'm just busy, whatever the excuse is. But I just have this belief rooted so deeply in me that if we believe something actually works, we will do whatever it takes to make it happen. But when we don't think something makes a difference, that's when we just don't do anything. We just don't do anything. Listen to this. The reason that Christy would speak to the babies is because even though it seemed kind of weird, even though from the outside, and if you've ever seen someone speak full sentences to a three-month-old, it seems weird, but it actually makes a difference. And so with prayer, my hope for this series, if I could give this series a hope, it's that we could begin to believe that prayer actually makes a difference. Now, for a lot of people, especially when it comes to, to people outside of church, it's like, man, I don't really want to have anything to do with, with Christians. Because like, I know all these Christians, I know these people, and they go to church, but their lives are no different than our lives. Like, like there's not a whole lot that's different about them. And I'm going to be honest, I think for most of us, none of us are really attracted to anything that doesn't make a difference. But what's crazy, especially here in Canada, I think we've become okay with this form of Christianity where I follow Jesus, but nothing actually changes in my life. 
My life looks exactly the same. But I just believe over these next number of weeks, and listen, this isn't even a series. This is one long sermon. So be here for the next number of weeks in person, online, because like, I'm not stopping. I'm just picking up where I left off because it's just it's one large idea. But what if prayer was the catalyst that could actually make a difference in our lives? Because listen to this. If the God of the universe, let's just, if the God of the universe that exists outside of time and space that is so great, that is so grand, if he actually speaks, what does that mean for my life? So listen, we have a big idea for this series, and uh, I ripped this off totally. I'm just telling you guys that, but I love it so much. Mark Batterson wrote it, but it's our big thought for this series. It's this. Prayer is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. You guys don't believe that? Prayer is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. So listen, this morning, because for so many of us, it's like, man, I want to pray, but what do I say? And if you guys, if you guys really want to freak out people, like especially new believers, but like even people that have been in church for a while, ask them to pray out loud. You guys ever experienced that? It's like, hey, you want to bless this food? <laughs> no, you, you, <laughs> you do it. That'll really freak them out because there's this idea like, I don't know what to say. But listen, what if we were asking the wrong question? What if it wasn't so much, how do, I, how do I speak? How do I talk? What if the bigger question, what if the most important question is, how do I listen? How do I listen for the voice of God? I just believe the most important part of prayer is not so much speaking, but listening. And so what I want to do this morning, I want to look at a passage um, in Galatians, and it's really just two verses we're looking at today. And as we go through these passages, a part of you, if you've been in church for a while, if you've heard these, you might be thinking to yourself, this doesn't really seem like a prayer passage. Because the context in which Paul is speaking, Paul is talking about this idea of spirit versus flesh. Spirit versus flesh. And all that really means, spirit is kind of that thing that I want to do, and flesh is what I actually do. You guys ever been there? Spirit's like, I want to be, I want to love people. I want to be patient. Flesh is like, someone just cut me off. I'm going to rip this person a new one. Spirit's like, spirit is like, man, I want to eat healthy. Flesh is like, man, those donuts were good last week. (laughs) I need to, I need to eat all 15 of these by myself. And so that's kind of, that's the context that Paul's talking about is this battle. And this is the battle of Christian life. Right? It's not even this battle of like, what rules do I follow? It's more so, do I follow Jesus or do I follow myself? And so that's the context, and that's what Paul is speaking into. But in this, although it doesn't seem to be about prayer, what I want to show us is that this is the very heart of prayer. So as we begin in Galatians 5, verse 24, I want to read this. This is Paul speaking. Uh, this is a New Testament book. I didn't say it before. Paul is the author. And he says this. He said, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So I'll break it down because this is kind of churchy wording and really all of our verses this morning are kind of churchy speaking. What Paul is saying, Paul is saying that those who belong to Christ Jesus are essentially trying to say, I don't want to follow me, I want to follow Jesus. I don't want to follow me. I want to follow Jesus. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. It doesn't say that they act well. It doesn't say that they're perfect. It just says they're trying to die to themselves so they can actually follow Jesus. But the essence of what he's saying, he's saying that this form of following Jesus is different than what many people think. 
Because especially in our culture, there's this idea when it comes to Jesus of this convenient Christianity. In other words, Jesus is love. Jesus loves everyone. Therefore, I can do whatever I want. What a life. And so you meet people. It's like, I follow Jesus, yet everything in my life is mine. My time is mine. My treasures are mine. My talent is mine. My schedule is mine. Don't try to ask me to do something. Don't try to ask me to change. I follow Jesus, though. I follow Jesus, though, until there's something that actually really rocks my world. And I realize, wait a second, Jesus is a lot different than me. And so what he's saying is this, because the essence of this, for so many of us, Christian, non-Christian, most of us live with something inside of us that says, I want to be in control. I want to be in control. And so here's what Paul is saying. And this is so important for when it comes to prayer. What he's saying is so simple. If you're taking notes, this is our first note when it comes to prayer. If we want to enhance our prayer life, we need to lose control. Lose control. Can I tell you guys something? One of the reasons that many of us will never hear the voice of God is because you don't actually want to hear the voice of God. You don't actually want to hear the voice of God. And it's this, this idea of losing control, it sounds so simple in theory, but it's actually a lot harder in practicality. Making, how do I lose control? I was listening to um, an interview with a pastor, and he's um, 81 years old, and he wrote this thing called 15 Views from 80. And uh, one of the things that he's learned in his life, uh, and one of the points that he made, he said, um, we need to speak less and listen more. He says, ask questions that actually evoke responses. And so um, I thought to myself, like, that's good advice. Sounds pretty easy, so I'm going to try it. So I went to coffee with someone this week, and I was like, all right, I'm going to just ask questions that evoke responses. And about five minutes into the conversation, I realized it's really hard. And one of the reasons it's hard is because whenever there's an awkward silence, I don't like awkward silence. Whenever someone's thinking about something, I don't want to actually let them think about something. I need to cover that with something. Because this is awkward. It's just me and you here. Like, someone needs to say something. And so I realized, and, and for me, if you guys know me outside of the stage, I'm not necessarily a very talkative person. But what I realized is that it's actually easier for me to speak than it is for me to listen. Because when I'm speaking, I'm in control. I can dictate the conversation. There doesn't have to be an awkward pause. I can take it exactly where I want it to go. It's not as easy as you think. And so listen, one of the reasons that so many of us never hear God speak is because we never actually give room for God to speak. When it comes to our prayer lives, it's, it's, it's so simple. It's God, please help me to find a boyfriend. God, please help me to get this job. God, please bless me. God, help me to have a good night's sleep. God, bless this food. What, what can God say to that other than, okay, Sure. It's funny, when I, when I teach growth track and I'm trying to teach a few people, so I don't always um, am the one teaching it, but what I say is like, hey, you need to ask good questions. And I don't always ask good questions. I said, here's the worst thing you can ever ask people. After you finish speaking, be like, hey, do you want to add anything? Do you know what happens 99.9% .9 of the time? <laughs> Silence. No, I'm good. For so many of us, that's our prayer life. We've spoken so much and it's like, God, do you want to add anything? God, would you like to add something to this conversation? You see, one of the best ways to never get a response is to ask the wrong questions. And I think for so many of us, when it comes to prayer, we're asking the wrong questions. Because one of the fundamental things when it comes to actually following Jesus is losing control. And so that translates to every part of my walk with God, including 
prayer. When I was 19 years old, I prayed a prayer, and it was a dangerous prayer, I guess. I didn't realize it at the time. But I was 19, and I had no direction, and I said, God, I said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what you want me to do, but whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do it. That was my prayer. And a little while after that, I had this moment. I had this experience, and I was in my room. And to this day, it was the most powerful I've ever heard the voice of God. And he said, you're going to go into ministry. You're going to switch your degree, start studying theology. And so naturally, the very next day, I ignored it. <laughs> and I said, nah. And I ignored it for a number of months, but eventually I relented. And it's funny because I can look back all these years later, and I'll tell anyone this, but like when it comes to ministry, when it comes to speaking, when it comes to being a pastor, this was never my, my first choice. This was never something that was on my radar. What I wanted to do when I was 19 years old is I wanted to be a stand-up comedian and have my own sitcom, and I wanted to be Jerry Seinfeld. That's what I wanted to do. But it's so funny because there's this idea of losing control, right? And this week, I had this moment where I met with someone, and I was able to talk about Jesus and share Jesus for like three hours, and I was downtown. And then after that, I got on one of those bird scooters. You guys know that? And I was just whipping in my car. And I had this moment where like I just shared Jesus, and now I'm on a bird scooter. And I was like, man, like this is the dream. Like there's, there's no better life than this life. But listen, but listen, but listen. The reason I'm telling you guys this is because I think like if it was up to me, if I had control of my life, I never would have gone this direction. And, and, and so for me, I had this moment and I came home and I told Christy, I was like, what a life. Like, this is so awesome. And, and the bird was just a part of it. It was more so talking about Jesus. <laughs> well, you guys don't believe me? <laughs> But I think, like I said, like if I had have chosen myself, I wouldn't have gone down this path. But I think this is what Jesus meant in Matthew 16 when he told his disciples. And he said, if anyone wants to come to me, he must deny himself. This is Paul's language as well. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now, this sounds so countercultural when you really dig into it. What Jesus is saying wholeheartedly says, give up control. There's no form of following Jesus where you are in control. Can I tell you that? If you feel like you have control over your life right now, I would wager to guess you're not following Jesus the very best you can follow Jesus. Because he's the one that's supposed to be in control. And so oftentimes, God will put these visions, God will put these, these words, these thoughts into our minds, and it seems big, and it seems scary, and in times it seems countercultural. But he says, actually, when you lose your life, although you think you're losing it, you'll find it. You'll be riding a bird scooter one day, <laughs> thinking about how much God has done in your life. And so listen to this. Let's take this back to prayer. Because for so many of us, we've been praying these dictating prayers to God. God, do this. I want this. And understand, I fully understand a part of prayer is petition, right? There's nothing wrong with asking God things. But there's a difference between that and dictating the conversation. And so what if we just made small adjustments? What if we began to ask God questions that actually evoked responses? What if instead of God, I want a boyfriend or God, I want a girlfriend. What if we just said, God, who do you want me to be first in this season? God, who are you calling me to be? God, what kind of a person should I be looking for? What if we actually gave God room to speak? What if instead of, God, I want this job, God, what's my next step? 
God, what's my calling? God, what have you created me for? Because you see, when we begin to ask those questions, we've opened ourselves up for a response. And we say, Lord, meet me here again. I'm here. I'm, I'm listening. You see, it's speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. You see, what I've realized about the call of God in our lives is that when God speaks, many times it's scary. And many times it's unknown. And many times it's, it's places, it's things that we think are above us, too big. But what I've found most times, all times, I should say, when I actually respond to the voice of God, on the other end is life and life abundant. When I lose control, I actually have life. I find life. And so the first thing when it comes to prayer, enhancing our prayer lives, is lose control. Galatians 5.25, Paul continues in verse 25, and he says this. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so this is the last verse we're going to read, but I want to take two different things from it, from this small verse. And so if you haven't been taking notes, start taking notes. I want us to put this so deep into our spirit because we need to understand this. If we live by the Spirit, this is where it comes from. So write this one down. You can take a picture on the screen. Prayer is not something that I do. Prayer is a part of who I am. Prayer is not something that I do. Prayer is a part of who I am. Listen, I'm sure many of you guys have heard this joke, and um, you kind of hear it mostly with like people that are uh, vegans or people that are into CrossFit. Um, but have you guys heard the joke where it's like, how do you know if someone does CrossFit? Or how do you know if someone's a vegan? It's like, don't worry, they'll tell you. That, that's, that's the joke. Anyone heard that one before? Right? And the joke, and really the crux of the joke, is basically like people that do CrossFit or people that do vegan, like they're kind of annoying. That's basically the joke. Right? It's because like in every conversation... No matter what it is, no matter which direction it's going, like this is somehow relating back to veganism <laughs> or CrossFitism. Like it's, it's, we're going to find a way to relate. And so the joke is, how do you know? But like there, there, there is a joke to it, but I actually want us to take something from this really important because there's a larger principle to this. You see, the reason that someone who is, uh, and we can say vegan CrossFit, but you guys have met people that just talk about their jobs all the time or their kids all the time, whatever it is. The reality is the people that talk about something a lot is because that thing in their life has crossed this path. It's no longer something they just do. It's actually a part of who they are. You guys understand what I'm saying? And so listen, for so many of us, we try to compartmentalize prayer. On a bigger picture, we try to compartmentalize following Jesus. It's like I follow Jesus on the weekends for an hour but like when I'm with that one group of friends, like I'm just more like a friend. When I, when I play sports, I'm like just a jock. I follow Jesus in certain situations, but I don't follow Jesus over here. And so we compartmentalize our lives. I think for so many of us, and I would wager to guess that they're not here or listening. But for a lot of people, and this is Christianity as a whole, when church went online, I think one of the reasons that, like, for a lot of people, they just fell off the boat altogether was because Christianity was not necessarily who they were. It was just something that they did. And so when they no longer had that place where they did their thing, their whole relationship fell apart because it wasn't who they were. It was just something that they did. 
And so what God wants to do, and it's specifically when he's speaking about prayer, is that God wants to take us over that edge. This is not something that I do. This is a part of my DNA. This is a part of who I am. And so the, Paul, the language that Paul uses, he says, walk in the spirit. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? It, it sounds really churchy, but all it really means is that Jesus is always in my heart. There is not a place that I go. There's not, it's not like ladies night, Jesus leaves. No, no, no. Everywhere I go, come on somebody. Everywhere I go, Jesus is in my heart. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. And so what that means when it comes to prayer is that prayer, because a lot of times we, we like to put it in a bubble. We like to give it all these practical steps. And throughout this series, I'll probably at times put it in a bubble and give it some practical steps. But the reality is this, we can't box God. I can't say, listen, God speaks when you have a pen and a pencil in your hand. God speaks when you're on your knees. No, no, no. He's the God of the universe. He speaks when and where he wants to speak. He'll use a donkey if he has to. Come on, somebody. And so what that means is I need to be walking in the spirit because I need to always say, man, I want to hear the voice of God whenever, wherever, not just in church, not just on my knees. I want to hear it in my workplace when my, my coworkers are gossiping. I want to hear that spirit speak to me and take me to a higher level. I want to hear God whenever, wherever. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. It's like Harrison, pastor, I get that, but how do I actually live in the spirit? How do I walk in the spirit? How do I have Jesus so entrenched in my heart? It's not what I do. It's who I am. It's so simple. You need to understand who Jesus is. You see, for so many of us, we'll come to these places, but we'll never understand who Jesus is. The crux of following Jesus is to understand, I need Jesus. Without him, I'm nothing. And so many of us, we live on two different spectrums. Over here, I'll call this spectrum religiosity. Over here, I'll call this spectrum like a normal Canadian. <laughs> and a normal Canadian over here says this. There is no such thing as morality. There's no such thing as right or wrong. Everything is okay. How I live, I live based on how I feel. And everyone is generally good people. You guys see Canada over here? Let's, let's, go, let's go over here because this is religiosity. Because religiosity, and I'm calling it Canada, they're on the same plane. Because religiosity says this, if I follow a certain amount of rules, if I keep these things, if I follow, if I obey these commandments, I'm a good person. That's it. If I just go to church here, if I just don't swear, if I just don't drink, then Jesus loves me. You want to know what both of these spectrums have in common? Neither of them needs Jesus. Neither of them needs a God because you are good enough and there's no such thing over here as any morality. But Jesus comes and meets us in the middle and that's why we say, meet me here, Jesus. Because what the middle says is there is a spectrum of right or wrong and unfortunately I fall so far on wrong. But Jesus... Because of his sacrifice, because of his goodness, he meets me here. And he says, guess what? It's no longer you. It's no longer Christ who lives. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And when that thought penetrates our spirit, every single time we worship, we should get emotional. Because we have no right to be here. I have no right to come before the presence of God. But Jesus has said, guess what? I'm going to be that, that mediator between God and you, between not good enough and perfect. And that's where we stand. And that's who we are. 
And when that truth is entrenched in our spirit, we can begin to walk in the spirit. Because what that means is everywhere I go, I need Jesus. God, I'm not enough unless you meet me here again. Live in the spirit. I need the gospel. I need the gospel. I need to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. How do I live in the spirit? Through remembrance. Why why do we do communion? We're doing communion in a few weeks. COVID safe and friendly. Calm down, I'll be okay. (laughs) Everything's prepackaged. But the the reason we do communion is because what we're supposed to do is take the bread and we take the juice and we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. That's it. Because I need to, I can't ever forget that someone died for me. I can't ever forget that someone gave me life that I couldn't get myself. That's how I live in the spirit. And so listen to this, listen to this. It's going to be a slow build. It's a slow build. Because for some of us, like, man, like, I want to live in the spirit. That sounds so great. I want God to speak to me. I want God to speak to me in random places. And when I say God speak, understand this. I don't, I don't always mean audibly, right? I'd say pretty much never, like, there's been this, like, deep voice from heaven that speaks to me. It's like, Harrison. It's like, it's like never happened. I think God speaks through impressions. I think God speaks through nudges. I think God speaks through people. I think God speaks through music. And so we say, I want to get there. I want to hear the voice of God. Guess what? Let's go back to babies for a second. At the age of one, the average baby will know five words. That's it. After living for for a whole year, that's a long time. And so when it comes to God in our lives, when it comes to prayer, it's a slow build. If you're at a point where you're pretty much starting at zero, that's okay. It's a slow build. But here's the beauty of our brains. Here's the beauty of language. Here's the beauty of babies. By the age of six, a baby will, or they're not babies anymore, a little kid will know on average 16,000 words. So it just, it just explodes and it takes off. And so there's these moments where it's like, I say, speak, Lord, and it seems like silence. I don't hear anything. Guess what? What if that was only a season? And what if we didn't give up in that season? What if we kept living in the spirit and we just said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And we began to see God do amazing things if we live in the spirit. So listen, prayer is not something that I do. Prayer is a part of who I am. It's whenever, it's wherever. And so from Galatians 5.25, same verse, he says, if we live in the spirit, he's like, okay, that's the first thing, live in the spirit. Second thing, equally as important, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. And so what that means is this, because for a lot of us, I said this at the start, it's like, speak, Lord, and then when God speaks, it's like, no, thank you. (laughs) It's like, you want me to stop doing what, God? You want me to give that? You want me to, you want me to volunteer, whatever it is. And so what he's saying, he's saying, if we live by the Spirit, if the Spirit is nudging, if the Spirit is working, we must also keep in step with the Spirit. So super simple, last point is this. When God speaks, I need to follow. When God speaks, I need to follow. I need to to keep in step. It's a vivid illustration. You guys ever tried to keep up with someone that ran in front of you? It says, keep up, keep in step with the Spirit. And so listen, I was... And I'll kind of tell you where the crux of our vision, this idea of speak, Lord, came from. Uh, it came from just a, a few months ago. Um, I was just with, with the Lord, and he was trying to just really teach me about faithfulness. And when there's a nudge, to respond to the nudge. And so I was praying, and as I was praying, the Lord began to just nudge in my spirit. 
And as I was praying in my spirit, the Lord put three people on my heart, all separate things, but he just basically said, send these people a text. That's it, just send them a text. And, and every text was different, but that was the urge that I felt in my spirit. Now, for a lot of us, that might seem like a really small thing because it's like that's sending a text isn't really that big. That's, <laughs> but for me, and you guys need to understand me, uh, that's not really something I like to do. I'm not really comfortable just texting people and telling them I love them or whatever it may be. But I felt this urge from the Lord to send these texts. And so I sent three texts, and this was all in the span of just a couple minutes. And uh, I want to read you guys the responses from the text. Can I do that? So the first text I sent was this. Well, I sent the text encouraging. This is the response. They said, thank you for the text. It really means a lot. It's honestly so funny that you sent that at the time that you did. We were talking and felt discouraged. God really knew we needed to hear that. That was the first text. Same thing, different person. I texted again. The next person responded and said, wow, you were right on the ball. Life has actually been nuts this last week. I actually just started a new job. That's text number two. Text number three, same thing, encouraging. And they said, hey, Harrison, exclamation mark. Interesting timing. I've been having a bit of a tough morning. It's great to hear from you. Listen to this church. That's not interesting timing. That's God's timing. And it wasn't me that had these those ideas, these texts. It was God. And so all I did in that moment was that I kept in step with the Spirit. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And these texts are, are really small things, just encouragements. But in that moment, that's when God spoke to me and said, this is the vision for the year. Is speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. And I can't share everything the Lord's been speaking, but there's some more things that God's been speaking in my heart. And they're scary, and I don't want to do them. But when I know I don't want to do them, I'm like, that must be God. And so listen to this, church. And here's the beauty of our vision, and I said it two weeks ago. This vision is not for me. It's not for one person. It's for a church. It's for a community. And, and some of you guys are like, I don't even know if God's real. Guess what? Let's, let's just try it and find out. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I was talking to someone this week. And he was saying that he prayed for the very first time in his life. And I asked him how it went. And he's like, it was really weird because like, he's like, there was kind of this talking out loud. He's like, it was me. He's like, but it wasn't me. And I was like, yeah, that is weird. I was like, but I was like, I also believe that God speaks in many different ways. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And again, it was just confirmation that I just believe for this whole church, for every person in this room, God wants to speak. And guess what? We have not seen anything yet. We're just at the tip of the iceberg. It's going to be a year of faithfulness and I hope a lifetime of faithfulness where we just keep responding to the nudge of God to step in, to keep in, in step with the spirit of God. And when we do that, we will see chains break. We will see walls come down and we will see the spirit of God move in St. Albert. We'll see the spirit of God move in Edmonton like never before. It's just response. When God speaks, we respond. Let's just stand for a second, church.
This message is called the power of a prompt because many times God just speaks through a prompt. It's that still small voice. It's that thing in your spirit. And so right now, I just want to give a moment and opportunity to any person that's feeling a prompt in their heart. It's that prompt to take the next step. It's that prompt that says, I want to follow Jesus. I want to see him move in my life. I want to make a difference in my school. I want to make a difference in my work, in my family. Speak, Lord. So right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. And if there's anyone in this room, you want to just make that decision. You want to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. He's speaking in your heart right now. We want to give you the opportunity to respond. It is so simple. All we're asking you to do is just to raise your hand. Every single person in this room that's made that decision before is praying for you right now in this moment. Online, we're praying for you in this moment. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm just going to count backwards from three and then just show me your hand. In three, two, one, just show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Church, let's pray really quickly. Can everyone just say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins. And I give you my sins. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you want more information, we would love to get in touch with you. So why don't you head over to kingdomchurch.ca and connect with us today. Until next time, take care.